we're back again and coming at you with episode 99 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Uh, after the night, we'll, we'll have a rest for three weeks and then we'll have episode 100 around the 9th of January. And we'll, we'll have to have Steve Wood in for that, seeing as he is VIP Boxing. But he'll be he'll be there with us in three weeks. And as always, leave us a review on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know John Evans there. Um an end of year special. There's only one man to call up. We had him for our Christmas special last year. Former British featherweight champion, Ryan Walsh. Ryan, I know you've had a busy, busy day with training, taking kids to dinosaur parks. So thanks <laughs> for giving us some time late on a Monday night. Well, thank you for having us. I love talking boxing, lads. It's always good to talk to you. Yeah. You, you haven't boxed since Maxie Hughes lost. I think that was in February. We had you on after that fight and you were very candid about your performance and what you thought of yourself as a boxer. You know, you've been back in the gym. You're looking a million dollars, I must say, but you're all doing that. You and your two brothers, you're always in the gym, particularly yourself and uh, and Liam, I know. Um, looking ahead, what is next in 2023 for you? I'm I'm hoping that I, um, I can get a win and then push on to get some sort of title fights in the lightweight division. I was mandatory for the British title before I took the maxi fight. And... Um, you know, you never know. I think I'm always one way win away from getting another chance. I, I believe that'll be, and and there was good fights for us to have as well as well. Sorry about this. Sit like Matt. <laughs> Is that the big thing? Hello, mate. Hey, how you doing? Oh, he's gone. Youngest. He don't want to talk to us. Caesar doesn't want to talk to us. Russian, go see his mum. Is it's going to be lightweight again? Is it Ryan? Are you, are you, yeah, are you set um, on lightweight now? I've, I think I'm a, I'm a middle edge spread. I'm 36, and I don't think I, I don't I can't imagine getting under nine and a half stone anytime <laughs> soon. I must be over eleven stone at the minute. Um, I feel all right. So uh, you don't you don't look eleven stone? No, I just it's, I, like I said, I do think as I, I've been working out since I started. I've probably been training there for 22 years and you roughly, on average, put on £2 a year just naturally as you're getting bigger and growing. I started at 14, I'm now 36 and I've been working that out and, and plotting it and it works out as probably what I should be around fighting at because I'm usually a stone above what I fight at. So 10, uh, 10 9 to 11 stone and I'll, I'll lose a stone to make it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's right. Well, we'll tell you what, we're looking forward to seeing you back in the ring again because you've always entertained. And, you know, I was looking at your record again today and um, I just, I mean, and I, and I, and I, well, I knew, but I reminded myself you was unbeaten as British champion, wasn't you? Yeah, I took one good, I took one loss to, the. I think, one of the better featherweight champions in Selby. Selby was, uh, he was better than British level when I fought him. He just wanted to win the belt and he did against me, I think. I think he got to climb the belt against me. The only thing I can say is in his run, I was the only one who didn't stop. I weren't never having that. Good, <laughs> good fight. Good, good person. fight. Good, good fighter at his peak. But um, so we'll, we'll press on with, with a pod. Now, John, you've got your bell and your clock. Um, Already. Talking of good fighters, 25 years on. John, over to you for round one. Yeah, 25-year anniversary, Hamid against Kelly. And oh. I think this is one of those fights where you can remember where you watched it. It was one of those standout fights, wasn't it? I can virtually remember every every shot, every knockdown, the little bits of commentary, the ring entrances. Uh, it's just one of the great fights from my time watching boxing. Real 
Hamed had to put up or shut up, didn't he? Over in America, he talked the talk. He didn't shirk from anything. Meeting Michael Jackson in the gyms the week before and Kelly going mad during the ring walks. I, I love that fight. And I'm uh, just interested about what you remember about it. Were you involved with it, Steve, actually? No, I'm just going to say I'll pass, I'll pass to Ryan here because... One that I was so lucky to go to so many fights, and I'm not, I'm, I know how lucky I've been in my life to cover boxing. I say it all the time, and I'm never tired of saying it. That night, I wasn't, I wasn't at Madison Square Garden, I was at London Arena for Reed Malinga, Adrian sure. Dodson against Winky Wright, um, Angelie Bingham had that win against Nikki Thurbin, and Barry Jones, our great friend, won the world title that night. I was there, and I didn't see the fight live because I'm staying at my mum's and. Back in, in, back in those days, you didn't have streams. And my mum certainly didn't have Sky in Battersea. So I didn't even see the fight live. I saw it. I think Sky showed it the following Friday, not on box office, I think. Or two weeks. Didn't see it till then. Two weeks. Go on, Ryan. I, me and my brothers were part of the NAS fan club. So that fight was special because it's one of the best fights, one of the best ways to introduce what, what, what Naz is and what he was all about in that fight because he could be chinned. He gets up and chins. It was a mega fight. That that's one of them standouts. I was asked about it recently. One of the, uh, in the boxing news, what was one of the best like standout performances from a British fighter, and that comes straight to mind. I thought, well, that's one that no one could forget. No one was flipping into rings. No one was doing his entrance, and he backed up everything he said. And um, being part of the fan club on that night, he was happy to be a, a Naz fan. And one of my memories of Naz and him is he'd come into one of he was at the end of one of Nazi's fights, do you remember? And he and the famous words, I'm going to smog your boots. That's what yeah. he said. And then Naz, Naz obviously. Yeah. Spoke I, I'm interested. I'm interested in what did you get when you signed up for the Nazi Mamed fan club? What, what was we, in your pack? We got a hat, which ended up, someone tried to steal one, so we were not too chuffed about that. Someone did, someone, someone on our estate as well. We're the only one who's, who was the Naz fan, part of the Naz fan club. One of the lads tried to nick our hat, couldn't believe it. What a, what a darn up. But yeah, he did give it back. <laughs> we got brochure, and right. in the brochure, there's a picture of Naz and Cantona, and you won't believe how big Cantona is to Naz. I wish I still had it now. I've seen it not long ago. I wish that I would have uh, knew this subject, so I'd have showed you. It's mental. And who went and got the hat that was stolen? Michael, Liam, or yourself? My, <laughs> my money's my on, Michael. on Michael. No, no, on this one it was Liam's. <laughs> it was Liam's hat, and, and and a lad. He only lives like. 50 yards away and he was like what are you playing at there was no violence needed it was just like it was a stupid thing for the young lad to do very brilliant um, round two is over to your first round Ryan uh, styles don't make, make fights what does them psychologies I had this with Trish Dixon recently and the reason that he pulled me on it he said Roy Jones Jr because mentally if you start talking about talent uh, he's more on talent actually but styles make fights is probably the wrong way to think about it because if you've only got one style you can be beat the best fighter on the planet probably right now because he can go orthodox save paw he can punch he can box he's probably Terence Bud Crawford and because he's got an adaptable style but it's also a psychology he fights when he needs to fight he boxes when he needs to box he'll talk sometimes you have to it's the psychology of the fighter so I believe in everything humans do, it starts here. So you have to think it for the psychology of, a, of overrides everything. Yeah, we do have a tendency to fight a certain way. Most fighters have got, you, you'll get a boxer, you get a puncher, you'll get a counter puncher, and there'll be a preferred way to do your job. Agreed. 
you'll have a preferred way. But what happens when someone stops you doing it? You've got to be able to adapt. It's one of my biggest faults as a fighter. Me and Liam talked about it. The amateurs in the pro- I used to be able to put my style onto somebody and let them try and figure me out. The problem is, is like you see in my last fight or any of the fights I've lost, they've put their style on me and I haven't been able to adapt. And all the best fighters can adapt, adapt their style, adapt their psychology. Because at some point, if it's not working, you've got to tell yourself, well, I've got to do something different. And being able to do that in a fight is, is a very, it's only a, there's only a, 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 I think you have to be world-class minimum to be able to even achieve it. An elite, uh, the best of the elites. So best example I can think of the top of my head, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Ernst. First fight, he's getting his head boxed off. He's got a big swollen eye and he turned into the fighter. And that was more psychology than style because he'd done that in the amateurs the way he boxed, but I don't run on too much. I'll give you boys a chance. You, you but carry on. I'm interested listening to you. Yeah, well, well, yeah, then, Ryan, you carry on. But what do you make of when you hear a fighter say, oh, he's a southpaw, you know, I've always struggled with southpaws, or we, I want I want a warm-up before I fight him. What do you think when you hear something like that? I agree. I agreed with it. It was Tris Dixon who pulled me on it. It made me think, wait a minute, it's not just style. Style and psychology have to, they blended it together. So the styles is one thing, if you haven't got the psychology, part of the um, the main part of the psychology to be able to adapt, that's part of the psychology. Can I adapt and can I then try something? And I think the, everyone's got a kryptonite of styles that they're not really going to look good against. And usually it is the same part, let's be honest. Or, like, who is it? I'm trying to think recently. Like, most people don't really like. Who likes a slick counter-punching save part? Who wants to do Who wants to fight that if you're a natural orthodox? I've always found that my, I'd be able to adapt because I can go safe ball. But if you get a very good safe ball against someone who's just going safe ball, it's a bit different. And like I said, the psychology is psychology. You got the best example I can give you. Me and my brother are very similar in certain ways. And the reason I think Liam beat Maxi, the way Liam beat Maxi, because of his psychology. I used to say style, but Liam was like a bully. He had his chest out. He was. It was a lot of these little things that, unless you know people. It was actually more psychology. I said it to him recently. I said, he was like a bully. He was like, he took a really good smack off Maxi and he, he did nothing. Whereas it, that is a psycho, psychological thing, I believe. It's, a, it's the biggest part of our armory. Uh, if you hear Tyson talk about psychology, he said it's 95% boxing. Yeah, he did say that, yeah. All right. Round three. Um, just looking back, it's our last one of the year. Highlights of 2022. For me, um, just obviously, you boys want to say, Wood Conlon. Um, absolutely, that was theatre, the knockout, the whole, it was just theatre, the fight, absolutely sensational. Um, it was something that, I, I wasn't there, but you, you were mouth agape just watching it as it, the drama just unfolded. For me, I also loved being in the crowd um, for Parker Joyce. I thought the night was, uh, was brilliant, and the fight, it was a long time since I really got into a heavyweight fight like that, you know, with, with Joyce, you know, getting, was it around five or six, was it? He got that right hand. He just flushed and he just didn't move. I thought the whole night was great. You know, Serrano's fight wasn't the best Amanda Serrano, but a ring walk. And I took my daughter for the first time. I already stalled at that fight for, for that time. And that night, she became an Amanda Serrano fan because of all the glitz around her ring walk. Fantastic night. Also, a new Nanito Denaire, the knockout in the rematch. Um, the noise of the punch when he knocked him out and then Danair still got up. That stuck with me. Over to you, fellas. What highlights of the year? Oh, fight, fight of the year for me, Wood Conlon. I, I, I'll, that, I just thought it was sensational. Um, Conlon was a puncher early, looked different class, but Wood was getting 
outboxed and shown up a little bit, but just gritted his teeth, didn't he, and turned Fair that chance. around and fantastic, really. My other highlight has been Bam Rodriguez, a young oh, guy, yeah. not yeah, scared what? of protecting his unbeaten record, quite happy to fight anybody they put in front of him and beating Rungvi's eye. That's a that's a great win for a young fighter. So Bam Rodriguez <laughs> is probably my fight of the year, I think. A safe for a good punch. A safe for us not Chocolito out. It's funny because I was asked this question in the Boxing News today and I then always asked Liam and I said exactly yeah. what you bought about the fight of the year out of everything. It's what, what boxing... And I said it in the Boxing News, I'll tell you as well. It, what, like you're saying there, Steve, when you family oriented to a memory, when, when, when Colin got knocked through the ropes, Liam stood up and I'll never forget it because Liam and me, we watched a lot of boxing. It takes a lot for a, a, someone with his experience of watching it to just have his hands on his head and be so shot. And that was a highlight for me. And like we said about Bam, I, I absolutely, I admire that guy. I, I think he's he's the fu- he's one of the future stars of boxing. He's already a star, but one of them who'll stand out, be elite, multiple world champions, I think him. Yeah. Right. We're on our last nine minutes here, so Adam, we really are racing. Round four, over to you, John. <laughs> From professional boxers to referees. Yeah, yeah. After the World Cup final on Sunday, because the referee was brilliant, and we have to be sharp here on the bell, don't we? Because we're going to run out of time. Yeah. But um, what if we should have more ex-pros as boxing referees? There's something about they understand the sport, they understand the game. Sometimes a fight takes off, and we need to be allowed to fight inside. And just like the referee in the World Cup final, he let tackles go, he let the game flow, and it was a it was a fantastic spectacle to watch, doesn't it? And I think a referee can have a real big impact on the way a fight plays out. Realising that you've got to have a level playing field for both fighters. You've got to let both fighters get on with what they want. And I think uh, more ex-fighters who understand the sport and understand the intricacies should be in these big title fights, I think. Yeah, I think there's a couple. There was a couple. I mean, there's one now. David Mulholland had a couple of fights. He's with the Sanctuary. And Mike Stafford, the former British cruiserweight champion, he's now a sorry challenger. Um, he he's hoping to become a referee. He's an inspector, and here's one for you, um, Lewis Van Pooch. Poochie, when he retires, he wants to be a referee. Yeah, yeah. Wow, well, that'd be a great one because he's he's from a, another side in the journeyman side type thing, and I think you, it's experience. You can't buy it, and I totally agree. There's a reason that football coaches now, are, like you look at all I look at Gerard and Lampard. Let's do two England players who are now doing it. You need the sport to have what. It's essence. It's, they understand the essence of it, and it's, it's definitely a good idea. It's, and especially if they love it, if you can get someone who loves the sport, they're going to do the best for the sport. You've killed it. Yeah. If if you've got two fighters working away inside, and the referee's constantly breaking it up, or you, even worse than that, you've got one fighter wants to keep it at range, and another one desperate to get inside, wrestle little shots inside, but he's constantly breaking them. It doesn't show an understanding of a sport, does it? Both fighters have got to have the opportunity to work. So having someone who's been in there and done it and knows that, yeah, maybe the little dark arts have got to be used at times to let someone get his best work off, I I, I think the sport would benefit from that a lot. 100%. On that round five, and uh, you want to talk about the Furies or one of the Furies? I know that. Both of them. It's Tyson and his dad and uh, early days. I've, I'm a stickler for hear, hearing things. And I'll be honest, when I first heard some of the things they were saying, the way they was talking about names of the boxing, I was thinking, it, it was it was like, how can you talk about these people in that? And he's done it. And they've done it. And everything they've said, they've backed up. 
and I'm one of the biggest cheerleaders for wait a minute, I remember what they said. I rem- and, and I and I was gonna hold them accountable. You said that, that to, you know, to my other boxing friends, and I've got nothing to hold them account to. Tyson Fury and his dad have backed up everything and he's his career will go down and stand the test of time because he didn't do it all in England. His best wins come in Germany. And where's the aware fighter against Klitschko? Beating a guy who hadn't lost for 10 years under the under the, under Manny Stewart. I don't know if he was in Manny Stewart then, but the point being is he weren't meant to go to Germany and win. He then goes to, after a two, three-year layout with all his mental health, goes and beats Deontay Wilder in America. I can't sing Tyson Fury's prayers enough, but what I want to also say is how, how, how well they've done improving the, it was the names like George Foreman they were comparing themselves to and things like that and it, it was winding me up I think George Foreman's an Olympic gold medalist he's done this he's done that and, and I was I was on my my pedestal and fair play because they've gone they've gone above and beyond in this era Tyson Fury goes down as head and shoulders for me he can box he can punch and um, he's backed up everything he said you know what I'm, you, you're right but the only thing that, that you know about being too negative with the, I do get a little bit Fed up something bored, much as I say, of the brand, the Fury brand, where one day we're never going to fight Joshua. Next day, I'll fight him for free. Today, I think it was I'm going to fight him for free. I, the fight's still out there. I find that a little bit hard. That does grate me. You know, what, what I respect is how he, how he did the hard yards. I remember, you know, when he was second or third fight, seeing him at Huddersfield Leisure Centre, and no one then was ever talking of a world title. That's most probably why they was, they was saying all this back then, and you, you were sitting up, Ryan. Oh, I was getting the ump because I seen the McDermott fight and I still don't think he won it. McDermott no. won, I don't think he So he was on that point. Hey, you can still talk like this. And, well, they've just, they've, they've done everything and beyond for me. And uh, I can only tip my hat. With regards to that, that's the business side of it. If this was a sport, if this was the UFC ball, they'd have had to have fought. It's, it's not. It's the business of boxing. And I don't think Fury's going to give him his 50-50. And that's where the, um, AJ's going to give him the 50-50 because that's what they want. They don't want no A and B side. I think that's the problem I foresee that they're not going to get the 50-50 split. There we go. Okay, final one. Uh, I won't say I spoke too much tonight. Who's going to be the big boy of 2023? Start of the year, we did um, Alex Matvienko was a guest and John and myself both said the landscape's not going to change much in the division. Fury's still going to be the boss this year. Etc. Etc. And I just wondered how you guys will see the landscape looking in twelve months, particularly now the WBA are pushing Dubois, IBF demanding Hergovic, Joyce's WBO interim, although he, he, he's likely to get a fight in the summer. Do you want to see what you guys think? Where it's going to be in twelve months? What about you, John? First, right, looking into a crystal ball, I think Fury will beat Usyk in a bit of a stinker. Do you know who my wild card is? I think the juggernaut is going to give Fury hell. And if Fury can't keep him off, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the juggernaut at the end of 2023 is a world champion. That wouldn't shock me at all. I know they're hoping for that fight. I think the plan is Usyk and then the juggernaut at Wembley Stadium. We only call him the juggernaut on here, by the way, Ryan. It was decided the other week <laughs> by a majority of uh, whoever was come out. I think it, forget, I think it was Denzel. Was it whoever it was anyway? We call him the juggernaut. I'm agreeing with you, John. I think he is the man who could light up the division this year. Over to you, Ryan. The juggernaut is a special breed of human because <laughs> he, he, he's so athletic. He's so... 
he's an anomaly to me because I look at him and I think, can you did that, man? When he fought Dubois, I've never seen because Dubois was killing people to that point. And talk about kryptonite and styles and psychologies. I've never seen him blink in a fight. He gets hit clean and, he, and he's got something that my dad used to say this to his kids. You, you can't put that what God left out. Well, he's definitely not left out of heart and chin. And he is, he is exactly that, the juggernaut. And um, it would surprise me, though, because Fury's fitness for a heavyweight and a big man, it would shock me because I just think stylistically and psycho, I, you can't get into Fury because Fury's the biggest man. He's the heaviest man. And the ultimate is the best boxer. He's got. To, he's got to keep him off, though, Ryan. He's got. To, he's got to he's dissuade got to him. He's got and to dissuade. Like, and Fury, Fury's mixing it up the, more these days, and, and he won't. Even, and he won't. He won't get into the juggernaut's head because at the press no. conference, when when Tyson's talking yeah. decapitations, and you're just yeah. you're just this, you were bashed up by a middleweight Usyk as an amateur. He'll be yeah. looking at him, thinking, "Who is this guy? Can you shut up? I've got a computer game to play till four in the morning." That's what he'll be thinking. You I, not... I just think that that is going to be a it, what a fight as well. Clash of styles, and Fury can get dragged into stuff. If if yeah. Joyce can get to him, I I think that's yeah, that, that's a hell of a fight potentially. But I think what I was seeing with Fury the other night because Chisora's a big lump himself. He's leaning. He uses his body so well. He drowns you by leaning over you. Yeah, and I don't. He's got too much experience. Will be the key to that. The experience he has in big fights. Juggernaut's never going to. I've never been on a stage that he's going to be on in that fight. Fury's been there six, seven, ten times. And it, and, and what I've noticed, he does it so well. He leans that 19 stone all over you. And, and depending what your experience is, as you get older in the game, you you, you don't resist it. I remember as a, getting whiplash one fight as a young pro. Every time I got grabbed, really trying to fight the guy off, breaking my own neck. No, yeah. someone's got you have to lean down, let the referee take you, relax. If Juggernaut didn't relax, he'd gas him up, but he'd take some gas in Juggernaut. All right, I'll tell you what, we're out of time. We've got let a few seconds left. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, John. Everyone have a great Christmas. We'll be back with a 100th edition soon. Ryan, around February, March, we'll get you back in again because you're, you're our number one guest and we're not ashamed to admit that. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.